What are the three things they say you never talk about in polite company? Politics, religion, and money. And if you ask me, I think not talking about these things, these things that are so core to who we are, has gotten us into this divided and confused mess of a culture. So we're talking about it today. And I'll ask you, how do you feel about money? Did you learn growing up that rich people are greedy or bad? Or did you learn that money isn't important and shouldn't be focused on? You should be focused elsewhere. How do you feel about your income? Are you an entrepreneur and you're navigating how to create more profits and make a bigger impact? Or are you a woman in sales that is looking to increase your earnings? What if it's a lot easier than you think? What if it does not have to include a life-sucking hustle or endless sales scripts? I personally have been in sales professionally for over 20 years. I've gone through every single sales training. And what I did, when I discovered Elise Archer and started working with her, she has essentially dismantled and reassembled every single construct I've had about sales and turned it into a more effortless and effective experience. So my guest today truly turns conventional practices of sales and completely flips it inside out. And the best part, it works. And even more than that, it heals. And I know this sounds crazy when we're talking about money, but it heals some of the deep wounds that have us as females resisting earning more. Women still earn 82 cents to every man's dollar even in 2021. So let's fix it. Elise Archer is the founder of the skyrocketing brand She Sells and has helped women worldwide multiply their income in ways I couldn't wait to bring to you. Here's my chat with Elise Archer. Well, here's what I think is um, is wild about you is that you are like a money magnet for women. I mean, your brand is called She Sells, and you know, like your perspective seems to to turn conventional wisdom on its head. And so, some of the phrases that I hear a lot from you are "Let it be easy," "Don't worry about how to make the money," "Worry about the what," which to me is like what. And then, you know, like it's safe to receive money. It's safe to receive. And I, you know, all of this sounds somewhat woo-woo, but mm. as I am through your programs and and kind of indoctrinated to to your teachings, I'm learning it is it is far deeper and far greater. And um um, my question for you really is what do women, you know, what do you think is the big lie that women believe about their earning potential? Oh, that's a good question. Gosh. I mean, one is just that it has to be hard. You know, I think that's, that was, that's what's taught. And to your point of conventional wisdom is mm-hmm. work hard, right? Um, work. If you want to make more money, you have to work harder. And I think if that were true, then construction workers, maids would be the highest paid in our society, right? It's um, There's a lot of misinformation out there about money, about how it works. And my career now, it's, I, it's hard to believe it was like 20 years in sales from being 
in corporate sales to then partnering with an international sales coaching company, becoming a partner in that organization to now running my own business, I found that what, what's holding women back from making more money is not what they think it is. It's not that they need a better script. It's not that they need a better process, although those things all help and are important. But it's that what it actually is, is that they need to heal past traumas. They need to start feeling worthy of the amount of money they want. And they need to understand how money actually works energetically so that they can become a match for the amount of money they desire. And there's, we can go wherever you want to go from that, but there's countless Uh, stories I have in my own life and in others of how that works. Yeah. Let's pause for a second. So when you say trauma, an immediate Mm -hmm. response, I would imagine as a listener is abuse, something really, really terrible. Um, and, And again, trauma has such a loose definition, but in your dealings, you deal almost primarily with women or almost exclusively with women. I know there are some men that are in there as well, but what are you seeing? What does trauma look like in, in this context? Yeah, that's such a good question because it's not always what you think it is. Mm-hmm. And in fact, everyone has some sort of, for the most part, I, I, I think you know a lot of people have done a lot of healing work, but most people are walking around with some sort of trauma that they don't even realize they have. And it could be many women who are in my program have some sort of sexual trauma. Like I was sexually assaulted. I share that publicly now, even though I didn't for a long time. And there's a lot of women I work with who had something similar to that. And that can actually create a lot of receiving blocks for you down the road because it doesn't feel safe to receive. But it can even be something, you know, like an offhanded comment that somebody makes. Um like, oh, you're getting too big for your britches or, um, you know, little growing up, a lot of girls um, will hear things like you should be seen and not heard and like shamed for showing up and trying to be visible. And so these, it becomes these little like micro traumas and fractures mm. in your self-esteem and your self-confidence. And what I've learned, Allison, from just working with, you know, thousands of women now over the years for my own experience too, is your income will never exceed your level of self-worth. It just won't. And I was actually just this morning talking to a woman who is, she'll be you know, working with me in the program soon. And she said, I want to make $100,000 a month. I was like, great. What's the, what's the most amount of money you've ever made in a month? And she said, 9,000. And it was like, that tells me, it's not that there's any right or wrong in terms of the amount, but that's the amount that she feels comfortable making. And so what happens is we have to actually, there's a lot of healing work that needs to be done and worthiness work that needs to be done in order for us to be, to actually feel worthy of making the amount of money we want. And again, most people would say like, Hey, if you want to give me a hundred thousand dollars a month, I'll take it. But what we don't realize is no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I've got a client. This is just a quick little example, but I've got a client in the program and she's, um, she's in sales. And then she also is a soul cycle instructor. And she was talking about what, what she noticed would happen in her spin class where she's really good at what she does. She's in great shape, but there's like a board up in front. I've, I've never been, so I can't, <laughs> this is just anecdotally from what she says. There's a board up in front where it shows scores of where everyone is at in the room. And she'll notice as she starts creeping towards the top of the list, the top of the, the, um, the group, if she hits number two and she's like really close to being number one, she'll actually slow down hmm. because she doesn't want 
the, the attention. She doesn't want the visibility. She's afraid of what it would, it, all this stuff again is subconscious, but so that comes from past trauma in some way, shape or form or limiting beliefs of some sort. And so that's a long answer to your question. But again, the thing that's holding women back from making more money is usually never what they think it is. And so that's, I, I love, love, love helping women heal from that. Yeah. So this does not sound like sales coaching in the traditional sense. So sales coaching are sales scripts. It is, you know, understanding understanding the psychology of the buyer, listening, you know, really well to what is your potential customer want, understanding the marketplace. You know, something happened to you last December uh, where you made a decision, really made a reframe. Can you walk us through what that, what happened and that quantum leap that has kind of catapulted you into a very different stratosphere, but you're talking a completely new language for a lot of people, especially women that are trying to start a business or are in corporate sales or professional sales or just you know, trying something on their own. So I'd love to understand what that was like for you. Totally. Yeah. And that's why I always like, I, I laugh a little bit about it's people think it's sales coaching when they come in and then they're like, Oh, no, this is <laughs> it's not at all what I was expecting. But yeah. So what, what happened um, for me, I'll just do high level. I, I did an exercise with one of my coaches towards the end of last year called your five dream lives. And it's something I take um, my clients through now because it was so powerful, but at a very high level, you look at if I could have five dream lives, what would they be? And it brought me back to things that had been dreams of mine as a little girl, like being a world famous singer or um, you know, being a media mogul. And it also made me think about things even today as a grown woman that I had said, I want to do that, but I don't have the money, don't have the skills, I'll do it later, et cetera. Things like paying for my husband's medical school, things like being able to create an animal sanctuary. And something. there was something that just clicked in me when I did this exercise where I realized all of a sudden, the only person who was holding me back was me. And that if anyone, I, look, I did some online searching and looked at other women who were doing these things, launching you know, creating sanctuaries, being more involved politically. And I realized a lot of them were younger than me. Um, a lot of them were way more disadvantaged than I was growing up. And it was like, what am I waiting for? What am I waiting for? And up until that point in my life, I had really been stuck at the same income level for about 10 years. And for me, and this is just for context, um, for me, it was like, between 100 and 150 a year was what I had done. And it didn't seem to matter what new process I put in place, what new script I used, what like what coaching program I went through. It didn't seem to matter. I always brought in about that same amount of money, no matter what, which is a great amount of money. You can live a good lifestyle on it. But I looked at what these dreams that I had just written down were going to cost. And you cannot build an animal sanctuary and, and fund a lot of it yourself making, you know, $10,000 a month. And so I just decided in that moment that I was going to do whatever it took to um to change and to shift and to get out of my own way and to stop playing small. And part of that involved like I knew I needed to make more money. 
And I knew I needed what to be at least- What small look like for you though? Like mm. how, when you think about, I was playing small, like I've yeah. watched you for years, you've busted your ass. You're really, really visible, you know, and you go for it. You're not, you're not like you do. I don't know if it is a hustle thing, like the hustle culture or just the grind, yeah. Well, what did in your mind, what did it mean to play small? How did you identify that? That's a really good question. You know, I think for me, um, I had I had had a desire to really run my own business for about six years. And the way things shook out, I, I, I've been now, I, I have technically been an entrepreneur for about six years. I've run my own business for six years, but it's always been in partnership with bigger companies. So I've been basically an independent contractor working with another mm -hmm. sales coaching organization or working with another personal branding organization, which is something else I do. And the people I've worked with have become my dear friends and my mentors and role models. And I love them dearly, but I was always still kind of in that safe umbrella of working underneath other people in those senses. And so there's a lot of advantages to that. It can feel very safe and comfortable. And the disadvantage was that there was a part of me that really wanted to do things the way I wanted to do them and wanted to build this company the way I wanted to build it and actually and not be limited or restricted by how other people wanted to run the organization, if that makes mm, sense. Like the structure, right? Yeah, you wanted exactly. to redesign a new structure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so that that's really what it was to me because anytime you are working even as an independent contractor you know if you're working in another organization your um your income is more capped and more limited because you're sharing with so many other people now it's it is different when you're running an organization you're still sharing you're paying out other people but but for me i i kept because of the way the compensation was structured i was still bumping up against like those 10,000 15,000 dollar months um which again is great, but it wasn't enough to fund and support the dreams that I wanted to create. Mm -hmm. And so I just decided in that moment that I was going to do whatever I needed to do to make these dreams a reality. And there was a lot of fear in that of stepping out, of being visible, of um, being like truly, truly, truly the face of what I was doing. <laughs> and Along the way, I felt um, I felt very strongly guided to hire this coach for fifty thousand dollars, which was about half of what Jeez. I had made the whole past year. Oh and that was, yeah, that was a um, we'll say a butt clenching moment, as you can imagine. I <laughs> had to tell my husband we're putting uh, we're maxing out our credit cards and we're using savings for this. And um, it, yeah, he's a great guy. And he was like, I trust you. You've always had good intuition. So did that and went through three weeks of sheer panic that I had made the wrong decision and I was going to financially ruin our family. And what was I thinking? And what was I doing? And every limiting belief around money showed up for me around that time too. Like, oh my gosh, who are like, how am I even going to pay this back, let alone make money on top of it? And that process, Allison, after I made that investment, um, Part of it was a declaration that I was actually worth it, investing in at that level. And um, along the way, every limiting belief I had around money came up, that money was scarce, that I couldn't make it, that it would go away, yada, yada, mm. that I wasn't responsible with money. And I was forced to look all of it dead in the eye because I couldn't turn back 
and learn how to heal it and learn. And that was actually part of why I made that investment because I'd studied enough about money and the energy of money to know that those, that there were money blocks that were holding me back from reaching my next level. Um, and that I even, I didn't tell the coach this at the time, but when I made the investment in, in my mind, it was like, it almost doesn't matter what level of coaching I receive from her, because in this process of declaring that I'm worth investing this level in this level of coaching in, I know I'm going to have to heal everything that's been holding me back. Mm. And yeah. And so sure enough, it was three weeks of pure hell (laughs) of thinking I'd made a terrible decision, grappling with anxiety, grappling with fear. And I, I, along the way, learned how to heal a lot of that. I did the work that I now teach my clients how to do. I did a lot of affirmations, a lot of visualizing what I wanted, a lot of digging deep into the recesses of my soul of where any past traumas were still being held and blocks were, and did a lot of self-healing work. And um, with her coaching and with that healing work, launched a new program. Um, and within six weeks, of that investment went from having $10,000 months to $120,000 months. And it was, it happened so fast and it was such a whirlwind, but I learned so much in that process because along the way with the healing work that I did, um, I started feeling so good and so whole and so complete again before any of the other money came in that it was almost like it didn't matter when it came. And of course it did. And it was great. And it was, and it's wonderful. And I appreciate it. But this is what I care about now is helping women understand that when you heal, when you release limiting beliefs around what's possible for you, when you when you actually up-level your self-worth to be the type of woman who not just wants that money, but actually feels deserving of it. Because in this world, we don't get what we want. We get what we are. That everything you want will come to you. It must. It's actually universal law. But you'll feel so good and so whole along the way that that's all just the cherry on top. It really is. And it's totally, like you said, the opposite of what we think of what we're taught. Yeah. So that's that's what happened. Yeah. So that's insane. Amazing. And I've watched it. I've watched it unfold with you. And what I think is interesting is on your weekly calls, like the 10K club calls, um, every single time somebody is crying Um, and it is a a beautifully healing community that is not, um, it's, you you have, I've seen you visibly go out and be so vulnerable where you show up almost every day and do things that are completely out of your comfort zone. And with the trust that it's, you're so committed to making a better, a better impact. Who are the people that are coming to you? Are, what stages are they in? Are they people who are in sales? Are they people who have businesses? Are they people that have never done sales? Who are the women that are attracted to your um, to working with you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thank you. thank you so much for all of that. You know, it's it's a great mix. It's primarily so it's women in sales or female entrepreneurs. I, I'd say we're probably seventy percent entrepreneurs, thirty percent women in sales. But a lot of the women who 
I find resonate a lot with this. They come from more of that traditional background. Many of them got, got a lot of women in financial services where it's a very um, masculine, it's a masculine industry. Like, let's just call it what it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what's typically taught in terms of sales and how to sell more and make more is, you know, make these calls, say this exact script, follow this exact process. And that's what I was taught for years. It was like, make a hundred calls a day, say this script. It's a numbers game. Just keep pushing and going. And does that work? Can it work? Yes, 100%. But is there a different approach that's faster, that's better, far better in my opinion, that's more efficient and that's more profound? Yes, which is what, what we do in this program. And so I think it's women who are looking for a different way, mm-hmm. um, women who are... I think there's a lot of women who don't realize how much, how many limiting beliefs they're holding around what's possible for them. And they're really ready for that healing. And what are those limiting beliefs? What's an example of some of those limiting beliefs? Because I think they're so much more common than, you know, the imposter syndrome, you know, like everyone kind of defaults to the imposter syndrome. But I think they're, like you said, micro traumas or micro limiting beliefs that are just embedded. And I'm guilty of a lot of them, but tell me what you hear. Yeah. I mean, we've all got them, right? And the way you know what yours are, look at your results. And then anything greater than that is a, you, you think you can't have it or you think it's not possible for you. But specifically around money, because that's a lot of what we deal with, and there's mm-hmm. so many of them. I mean, it, gosh, they're so common. Money doesn't grow on trees, right? Money is scarce. Well, if you actually look at it, like these beliefs just kind of hang and and like and rule our lives, and we don't ever examine them to see if they're actually true. What is money? It's paper. Where do we get paper? Trees. Money is trees. <laughs> We we have to actually look at, we print it on demand when we need more or um, money is bad, right? A lot of people have that one. And what people don't realize is that the first seven years of your life growing up, you're basically under hypnosis. It's the way your brain forms. So you don't have the ability to filter out information that you hear growing up as to whether it's true for you or not. And so if you overhear a comment from a parent about someone being rich and greedy, your brain, it must accept it as truth that to, to be rich means you're greedy. And so if you grow up and then you, you know, you, you, you want to be generous, you want to be giving, you want to love people. Well, I don't want to be rich, right? Because that would, I can't do both. Or maybe you hear your parents arguing about money and it's something you're not even supposed to hear, but you, you hear it and your six-year-old brain picks it up as, Oh, like I don't want money. Money makes people argue. And I want to, I just want to love people and be happy. And then we carry the stuff around with us forever. Most people will go to their grave not knowing this, not knowing why they are actually not achieving what they want. And um, and, and so those are some really common ones. There's there's so many, but you kind of just look at what are the thoughts you think throughout your day that create negative emotions, anxiety fear, grief, worry, et cetera. And those are all stemming from limiting beliefs. Yeah. Let's pause right there because Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, you, you do a lot of work about, you know, the, the things you tell yourself. And one thing that I think about you a lot is I'll wake up in the morning and I'll look in the mirror and I have a lot of comments about 
how I look a certain age or bags under my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I learned from you. What if you said, wow, your body looks beautiful today, you know, and just kind of switched, you know, because it doesn't do us any good to say, you know, like negative disparaging comments about ourselves. I don't know if we're like beating others to the punch kind of thing of acknowledging, you know, um, Allison, I look beautiful today. Good job. (laughs) You made it through another day or your body. you know, birth two kids and uh, you're just killing it. Mm-hmm. And how, how much changes from the language you use yourself on yourself. So I'd be curious to get your take or your advice for people that there's so many, there's so many, I don't know if it's microaggressions, but so many negative things that we say to ourselves that if we were to take a log you know, and we're so much more critical on ourselves than anybody else is. And even claiming like, you know, I talked to you yesterday that, you know, I am afraid of sounding dumb and took my SATs a lot of times in it, you know, like my whole life is kind of proving that I am worthy or being smart. And so, you know, like catching myself, tell me, tell me some tips around how do we how do we change the language that we use on ourselves even if it is just noticing what yeah. what we tell ourselves and that it does not serve us to to say these things it's such a great question and i was the queen of self deprecation and a lot of times too like we pick up this and i want to give a huge disclaimer like i know i talk a lot about you pick it up from your parents, et cetera, they were just doing the best they could with what they had. Like this stuff gets passed down generationally. Yeah. Really there's does. so much cultural and generational, and there's so many circumstantial things wrapped up into this that it doesn't make yes. sense for us to untangle it in this conversation, but please continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to always give that disclaimer because it's like, I, it can sound sometimes like I'm throwing parents under the bus. I'm not at all, at all. Yeah. At all. Um, but uh, you know, you may, we, we pick it up from our parents too. Like we hear them say something self-deprecating. We hear them say like, Oh, I look fat today or whatever. And then mm-hmm. you, you start to repeat those same behaviors. So, um, so why it's important too, like taking it back to a sales, even like a sales and business context, I wanted to get back to your income will never exceed your level of self-worth. And what is self-worth? It's how we think, feel, and speak to ourselves. And so when I when I made that investment in that coach and it was like, oh my gosh, I don't have a choice but to start showing up as a woman who brings in seven mm-hmm. figures plus in her business to just be able to like pay this back. I realized that woman speaks very positively to herself. And I started thinking about how does the me, the version of me who brings in the amount of money I desire and has the life I want, like, how does she speak to herself? Well, she speaks very positively. She She's proud of herself. She says kind things about herself. And I had a very, it, it was very conscientious because I was the queen of negative self-talk. Um, had to switch, had to learn to switch in the moment because you have to learn what you describe, you prescribe. Okay. So anything that you say after the words, I am, it is a direct command to your subconscious to make that your reality. And so if you say, I'm just, you know, I'm I'm feeling fat today, your subconscious is like, okay, let's go about doing things that make you feel fat. Right. Mm -hmm. Or if you say, (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Or if you say, um, 
you know, I'm really afraid of this, then your subconscious is like, okay, fear, you know, fear response, let's do it. Let's go. So you want to learn that you literally can speak, you speak your reality into existence. And I know for us as women, there can be so, I've had a lot of body image stuff over the years for sure. But one of the things that I know was pivotal in that increase in money coming in for me was that I started speaking to myself incredibly positively, affirming like life-giving words over myself. You're smart, you're beautiful, you're worthy, et cetera. And it felt so foreign, Allison, at first. Mm -hmm. It It felt so weird. It felt so wrong. I didn't believe it. But the more you say it, the more you start to believe it. And then when you start to believe that you are worthy, abundant, prosperous, smart, brilliant, empowered, you show up that way and you create those results in your life. So that self-talk is critical and you just got to... You just got to switch it. Like this morning, I was doing my my workout. Thank you to you for my new dance routine, and was bent over doing a stretch. And I I I saw my you know my post baby belly hanging there, and it was like part of me could have really easily gone and criticized it, but I was like, I love you. I literally looked at it. I said, I love you. Thank you so much for what you did. And it was like Mm. we gotta gotta learn to make that switch. It's so important. I think the conscious effort of how we treat ourselves is really the crux of what it is that like the external doesn't matter. It really is how you honor yourself. Cause again, you know, being self-deprecating and and self-insulting, how does, does it really keep you humble? Is that really what you want? But I'd be curious, what is your definition of money? Mm. You know, money is just currency. That's it's just energy. That's all it is. And um, we give a lot of power away to it. I gave so much power away to it for so many years. But what do you mean you gave power away to it? Mm-hmm. So I um my story with money was that I could never have enough and I wasn't worthy of it. And when I had a certain amount, then I could do things. And what I, what I didn't realize was, and I think maybe this, this is probably important for your listeners. So money is just root chakra. Like if people study energy at all, um, you've got, there's different numbers. People say, most people say seven energy centers in your body. The first one is called your root chakra, which is security foundation. And so what happens is growing up, your, your, whatever your relationship is with your parents, that represents security for us. So if you had a very strong, easy, secure feeling relationship, then you grew up feeling like you had a strong foundation. Many of the women I serve had a more unstable relationship with parents growing up, whether someone was an alcoholic, whether someone was abusive or parents were going through their own trauma. And so whatever issues you had with your parents growing up, if you felt, if you learned that uh, that you had to show up perfectly to receive what you wanted to get praise or attention, or if you learned that they weren't always going to be there, or if you le- whatever you learned, that will play itself back out with money later on because money is also just root chakra, it's security. So that putting two and two together, I think, is very healing for a lot of people when you may realize, like, oh, that's why I think I've got to be perfect to have money, or that's why I think for me, my story was I can have money, like I, I can have enough. I'll have just enough to get what I need, but I was always in constant fear of it going away. 
And after doing a lot of healing work and learning what I just shared with you, I was like, oh, well, growing up, like, and, you know, again, I, I love my parents, but I was always in fear of my dad going away and leaving. He was the source of money for me. And then I also learned that this was generational stuff on my mom's side too, that she had also had that fear. So anyway, it's never about the money. <laughs> it's never whatever your hangups are about money. Mm-hmm. It's never actually about the money. And, and so one of the most healing, and I think you're doing this meditation right now. I did it for a long time and I still come back to it a lot. Um, one of the most healing things is this, it's a meditation by Dr. Joe Dispenza generating abundance, which teaches you that you like you learning to feel abundant in your body, you learning to feel expansive, to feel safe, to feel secure with a strong foundation, no matter what's going on outside of you. It's that reclamation of your internal power. And then your, your energy actually rises to a level where more money is coming in because it's probably don't have time to get too much into law of attraction here, but that's, that's how, that's how it works too. It's energy. So I think it is, it does. I think, I think it does make sense to acknowledge the secret, the law of attraction that came out, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago and, you know, was very groundbreaking at the time and very controversial and still is controversial where, whereas I think that the law of attraction, the law of polarity, the law of reception, you know, the law of giving, you know, all the things that you teach about are far more modern and seem to be much more complete and much uh, much more effective where I have a lot of critiques over the secret, you know, as, as we all do. And when I hear you, it sounds so fresh. It sounds like, and it, and it works. And, you know, I think what I've been really grateful to you is that you've been incredibly generous going live on Instagram every single morning and talking about one of these concepts for free that you have webinars and you have programs and and a lot of free content available on YouTube and you know you you have always shown up visibly how can people get in touch with you mm, well thank you so much for that yeah i mean i i love going live and just sharing this um it's it, to me i will do this the rest of my life it's so important i think that, that we learn this and so yeah you can absolutely join live on instagram every morning at 8 30 a.m eastern um, i'm live i'm just at elise archer on pretty much all social and also if someone is listening and wants to tune into the podcast i know most podcast listeners you know listen to about seven podcasts on average and so if i if i could be honored to be one of your seven along with culture changers um and allison then would love 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 to um to have you check that out as well. And that she sells radio. So wherever someone wants to connect, whether the lives, the podcast, et cetera, um, love sharing more information like this. And Elise, thank you so much for being here. But I, I do want to say that I don't know if this is in the works, but you read a lot of books. You um, recommend a lot of books and a lot of authors, but I think that your book is coming. <laughs> and I wonder if... Um, I feel like it needs to be birthed. And I don't know if that is in the works or something, but I wanted to publicly declare it because I think that you've got um, something that people really need that is not uh, obvious and not easily. People don't know it's out there yet. 
Mm, thank you. Thank you for that affirmation. Yeah, I so appreciate that. And yes, it is. It is in the works. I uh, earlier this year, I started feeling called to write one and I said, okay, all right, universe, like give me a sign if I if I'm meant to do it now or later. And within um, about a week, I had two different friends of mine who host podcasts who hadn't talked to in a few years, but they both reached out and said separately, we want to have you on and interview you about your upcoming book. And I was like, Sure, but what book? <laughs> but I took that as a sign, and I I so appreciate the affirmation through yours. Sign well. number three. Exactly, there will be a book coming, and um, and thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I'm of course. So, it. where can people find you? Where are you on Instagram? What's your website? Yeah, so elisearcher.com, and I'm at elisearcher on every every social. Pick your poison. I'm at elisearcher. I uh, would love to connect. <laughs> And I'll link everything in the show notes. Thank you so, so much, Elise. You are a gem. I'm so grateful to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me, Allison. This has been amazing. Oh, my goodness. So awesome. Thank you so, so much, Elise. I personally think you should change your brand from She Sells to She Heals because she does both through your work. And you can find all of Elise's contact info in the show notes. As for me, I want you to hit that plus button on your listening app for Culture Changers and make sure you get every episode. Even though I'm publishing a little less frequently these days, I'm making sure that every single time I publish, it's going to knock it out of the park for you. Please share this episode. And as always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.